Ancient Faith Radio presents homilies from All Saints, the weekly sermons from Father Patrick Henry Reardon, pastor of All Saints Orthodox Church in Chicago, the parent church of Ancient Faith Radio. Here now is Father Pat with this week's homily from All Saints. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I believe one of the great blessings of Lent in the Orthodox Church, my brothers and sisters, is the sustained public reading of the Epistle to the Hebrews. This is the book on which the Orthodox Church very early chose to concentrate in Lent, at least the New Testament book. Hebrews and Mark in the New Testament, Genesis and Proverbs in the Old Testament. From the first Sunday of Lent, that's last Sunday, until the fifth Sunday of Lent, which is the last Sunday of Lent, we read Hebrews at every celebration of the Divine Liturgy without exception. We did just this past Thursday evening for the Feast of the Annunciation, read Hebrews. The Church reads no other epistle during this season. I think it's significant that as we prepare by fasting for the celebration of the Lord's suffering and death and resurrection, the church goes to this book above all others to instruct the hearts and minds of believers of the meaning of what they are about. We must not imagine that the meaning of Lent consists in what we do for God during this time. A lot of people think that. We've got to give significance for Lent to Lent for what we do for God. The importance of the season lies in what God does for us. In following the lead of the Epistle to the Hebrews, I want to say some things this morning about what God does for us. And all three of these points are contained in today's reading from Hebrews 1 and 2. First, Lent has to do with the Incarnation. It is significant that in the Orthodox Church, the Feast of the Incarnation always falls in Lent or on Pascha itself. Although by the messing up the calendar, we can't really do that anymore. This past March 25th, was Good Friday in the West. They pushed, they postponed, pushed away the Feast of the Annunciation until after Lent. The Orthodox Church will never do that <laughs> because this feast is central to Lent. It's an integral part of Lent. There are all sorts of very complicated uh, rubrics, which I found, like most rubrics, they, com- they completely floor me. I can't, I can't make... I think if they were in Hebrew, I'd understand them, but in English, I have no, no idea what they're talking about. Of what you do if, if March 25th falls on Good Friday, there, there's, a, there's rubrics in the Garden. I found them in the Orthodox Church. How you arrange the, the service, how you, how you juggle these things. But we never eliminate this feast. Outside of Saturdays and Sundays, in fact, during Lent, we do not celebrate the Divine Liturgy, except on this feast of the Annunciation. Look at the other major feasts we have 
in Lent. We don't celebrate, I mean, St. Patrick. St. <laughs> Patrick on March 17th. St. Gregory the Great on March 12th. The one who wrote the pre-sanctified liturgy, or credited the, Saint pa- the, the, the pre-sanctified liturgy. The feast of, uh, of St. Benedict of Nursia on March 15th. We don't do the Eucharist. But on this feast, we do. And only on this feast, outside of Saturdays and Sundays in Lent. Now, what did, does today's reading say about the Incarnation? It begins with the Incarnation. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by a son. And just who is this son? All of the ecumenical councils were devoted to this one question. Who is this son? I know they're not, they're not preparing for another pan-ecumenical synod. How long have they been preparing this? About three quarters of a century, isn't it? It may happen, but it won't be an ecumenical council. We have to conclude, after seven tries at it, an ecumenical council can only discuss the Incarnation. Today's epistle tells us who this Son is, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, those words the Orthodox Church reads every year, supposed to read them yesterday, but we put it all together today, reads every year at the beginning of Lent, those words, descriptive of the identity of Christ, and those words are taken right out, word for word, in, or right in the liturgy of St. Basil. If I remember, you'll get the day. This text affirms that God's eternal Son, the brightness of His glory, and the express image of His person, is at the beginning, the middle, and the end of all things. He is at the beginning because by Him God made the worlds. He is at the middle because he is upholding all things by the word of his power. And he is at the end because he is the appointed heir of all things. This eternal Son, the mediating principle of creation itself, became a human being for our sake. It's the enfleshing, that's what incarnation means. The enfleshing of God. This will be the theme of the second chapter of Hebrews, which declares, He took on Him the seed of Abraham. He did this in order to be able to say of humanity, Behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. Indeed, because the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He Himself likewise took part of the same. For this reason, we ourselves must affirm that everything necessary for the Incarnation is necessary for salvation. I said this last Thursday night, but it bears repeating, that everything necessary for the Incarnation is necessary for salvation. This is why every Lent we celebrate the answer that Mary gave to the angel. That response of Mary was necessary for our salvation. Second, Lent obviously has to do 
with the Lord's suffering and death. He assumed our flesh and blood, says the epistle to the Hebrews, for the purpose of dying on our behalf, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. It is his death that makes every human death significant. He assumed our humanity to be both the priest and the sacrifice, the victim, in the atoning, atoning sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world. Look at that word, atonement. The central syllable is O-N-E. To atone means to reconcile. That's the meaning of atonement. To reconcile. To bring to one. The at one of redemption. This happens in his sacrifice. Therefore, Hebrews says, Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Did everybody hear that last text I read I think it probably would bear repeating. Wherefore, in all things it became him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Moreover, says Hebrews, it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Today's reading says simply that the Son, by Himself, purged our sins. You heard that this morning when Constance read it. The Son, by Himself, purged our sins. And He did this by the shedding of His blood, says Hebrews. For without the shedding of blood is no remission. And this He did once when He offered up Himself. Still quoting Hebrews. He offered himself without spot to God, because where a testament is, there must of necessity be also the death of the testator. Therefore we affirm that we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. In short, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And in doing this, says Hebrews, God's Son learned obedience by the things which he suffered. I don't suppose I need to say it, but I think you all know it. But Lent is a time of suffering. We picture the things that we plan to suffer for God. The church tells us pretty much what that is. That's very open-ended. God will send us other things to try us in Lent. And third, my brothers and sisters, Lent has to do with the glorification of Christ. 
the glorification of Christ. As the Orthodox Church sees it, which is the correct vision, the doxa, the cross itself is glorious. We see the cross already suffused with light. And the second he dies, he's overcome death by death. He's victorious as he goes down. That's a big emphasis, different from the West. When he goes down into the netherworld, he goes down as victor. Compare Eastern and Western theology on that point, about what the meaning of the descent into hell is. In the, in the Eastern church, the descent into hell is he goes down to wreck the place. Lent has to do with the glorification of Christ. Today's reading says that he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And the final chapter of Hebrews speaks of the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. All through the celebrations of the divine liturgy during Lent, we shall be hearing of the glorification of this great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. All through Lent and all through our lives, this is the source of our hope. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. In fact, says Hebrews, if Jesus were on earth, he would not even be a priest, seeing that there already are priests on earth to, to offer gifts according to the law. It is the argument of the epistle of the Hebrews that Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, there to appear in the presence of God for us. Now, we'll be reading Hebrews all during Lent. And what is the big image of the epistle of the Hebrews? The sanctuary not made with hands. The sanctuary eternal in the heavens. This is the vision. Same vision as in the book of Revelation, isn't it? The sanctuary in heaven. The throne room of God. The reading from Hebrews all during Lent places us in God's throne room, in the heavenly sanctuary, where he makes, Christ makes, intercession for his people forever. And Lent directs our hearts and our minds where Christ has gone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that was Father Patrick Reardon, pastor of All Saints Orthodox Church in Chicago, with this week's homily from All Saints. All Saints is the parent church of Ancient Faith Radio, and it's located in Chicago, Illinois. You can link to All Saints from the Ancient Faith Radio website at ancientfaithradio.com. Join us again next time for another homily from All Saints. <music>